All righty. So uh, this is my fourth podcast of 2020. So I'm going to count them off in case you love this one. You can go back to YouTube and you can say like, oh my God, that Monique Marvez, she has churned out four genius podcasts. So this one's called Timing is Everything. And the first three are Hindsight is So 2020, I Love It When a Plan Comes Together, and Crossing the Rubicon. And I am thrilled, proud, and delighted by all three of them because rather than try to pump out something every single week, I've really waited until I have the appropriate content. You know, timing is everything. That's the whole reason I'm calling this that. So it's almost been like quarterly, but not quite. Alrighty. So here we go. Timing is everything. And today is my birthday. It's the anniversary of my 38th birthday. I haven't gotten any older than 38. I just have anniversaries of my 38th birthday. And this is a big one, big anniversary. So here we are in Los Angeles and uh, it, we had an earthquake. I, I, it sounds weird to even say that out loud. We had an earthquake. I believe it was Sunday night. It was, uh, it was either Friday or Sunday. I know it wasn't Saturday because I had a live stream and uh, it was not shaking <laughs> after that. So for the sake of this discussion, I'm going to say Sunday and I'll tell you why. I'm not even looking it up on my phone. You guys can see when I'm looking at things. I'm going to tell you why. Because I was up late watching Mad Men with a friend of mine and uh, social distancing. I have a long couch and a chair. And we were watching Mad Men to discuss the brilliance of Mad Men. Now, let me back time. I'm one of those people. Birthdays are a big deal to me. Because a trip around the sun, 365 days. In fact, it does not take 365 days. You know, the universe, God, whatever word you want to use is so specific. It actually takes... Um, to spin around the sun, I mean, for the earth to turn, is 24 hours, 56 minutes, and 4.1 seconds. So we really don't have 365 days a year. It's really like 364 and a quarter, you know? So here we are. We go around. We have a birthday. We're on the right side of the dirt. I don't understand people that freak out over their birthdays or don't like their birthday. or like, oh, I'm a year old, or oh, woe is me. Look at this face. This is the face of un utterable, meaning I can't even completely articulate how joyful I am. And that's because life is cumulative, which is one of my old podcasts before we started filming them, because let's face it, audio without visual now is like, you might as well have a pager. It's a different world. And I get it. And I'm keeping up with it. And that in itself is exciting. I'm not slowing down. I'm not not cool. My nieces tell me all the time, you're the coolest aunt. And I know they mean it, because if I wasn't, they would let me know. So, first of all, let me talk about the earthquake specifically. Because going back a few days, birthdays are a big deal to me. Birthdays, I schedule a facial, you know, like a deep, clean facial. Now, for those of you who think that a facial is just like they put a bunch of masks and rub you and all of that, if you go to, like, a serious facialist, they get on in there. They, like, you know clean your pores. They do what they call extractions, which is basically they've been trained to professionally squeeze your face. And uh, usually I go to the Korean scrub and I get scrubbed within an inch of my life by women who do not speak English 
and scrub you with salt as if you owe them money and have told them, I'm not paying, and they scrub you. But I realized that because of COVID, I had to adapt. So I had to do pieces, parts. You know, I scheduled a dental cleaning, and they told me that they couldn't polish my teeth because of all of the spray, that they would clean them and send me home with the polish. I got a facial because my facialist built a she shed behind her house. So I was in her backyard in my underpants getting a facial. And I did acupuncture, which I actually could do. I did acupuncture yesterday for the first time in my life at 57 and 364 days. Not quite exactly. I already told you that. I had needles put in all over me, like forehead, ears, legs. Actually, the one that kind of didn't hurt, but I felt, I felt pressure, was in my lower left leg to treat tinnitus in my right ear. So there you have it. I'm saying these things because I want you to think about in your own life how you view where you are. Your you are here spot. You know, I'm on the sex, the cross section of here and here. And I've talked about this before, but I really want to, because of COVID, because of the world we live in, because of how fast, because so much of it is virtual, so much of it is social media, I very much want you to think about how you feel about where you are right now. I'm on the corner of, you know, COVID and homeschool. Like it's an intersection. I'm on 4th and Elm. And I, I started this whole thing of the you are here spot with my girlfriend Deborah many years ago because my car broke down when I was a road comic in 1996 on the 10 outside of Demings, New Mexico. Google it. I couldn't say that at the time. And I remember thinking, what am I going to do? And my big old fat Sprint phone kind of worked. I had no money. I called my girlfriend, Deborah, who's in New York, who was always, is, not what, is. And she said, I'll send you a tow truck. Where are you? And I said, Debs, it's not like you in the middle of New York that can say I'm on the corner of Lex and Fit, you know. No, I'm in, I'm on the 10 in the middle of the desert, like where they film Roadrunner. Like, I'm on the corner of, you know, trucker rape and, and starvation. Like, like, I'm at the intersection of certain death and buzzards, you know? But somehow, it worked out that a, a wonderful man stopped and helped me. And, and I had frozen lug nuts, and he had to, like, jump up and down on the crowbar. Like, you know, I always jokingly say God looks after fools and drunks, and I don't drink. But it made me look in a very visceral way of where my life was. I was on the corner of this and this. Here I was, a grown woman, you know, nearly 38, <laughs> with, with no, with, with, as I've said for a million years, bad credit, bald tires, and a dream. So right now, the you are here spot is that it's my birthday. And a lot of things that I wanted to have happen are happening and they're happening in spite of me and not because of me and now when I actually shifted and made it because of me because of COVID 
everything's changed. I already had an earthquake start inside of me. I had a tectonic shift. I was already like shaking stuff up and having the sediment of what, what I what I jokingly call dredging the lake, you know, the 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 lake of my soul for dead bodies. I have been working on this since COVID because what else would a writer performer do but take this pause for the cause to figure stuff out or to do things I've never done. And in this time, what's really come out of it, and I've talked about this on my 330s. I do a 330 live every day on Facebook. I've talked about these on my 330, and uh, and I've talked about, you know, I, I've, I've covered a lot of ground. So on this podcast, I'm going to give you the highlights. I went from being a hostile witness to social media in a murder trial of what I thought was civility and, and you know, sort of the rules of engagement of, of the species to deciding that there are new rules and that it's okay to have new rules. And not only was I going to embrace that there were new rules of engagement, I was going to embrace that I was allowed to have new rules of engagement. If all bets are off, you know, somebody was yelling at me about, you know, calling, and thank goodness I'm able to call several institutions and negotiate, you know, payments being added to the end of a term or whatever's going on that COVID has allowed. I've embraced it to the fullest. And a friend of mine was like, aren't you worried that you're going to have bad credit? I'm like, I got news for you. This is bigger than the meltdown of 08. Everybody's going to have bad credit and cash is king. So I'm going to be, I'm going to sit on my cash. I'm, I'm not going to just dole it out apologetically and willy nilly like I always have. New rule of engagement. I'm going to do what rich people do. Rich people aren't all apologetic and willy nilly. Heck no. They go under, they go underground in little hidey holes of I'm going to wait till all of this settles and then I'm going to come out and buy up the world on sale. Well, how do I know this? Because I've taken the time during COVID to read the fine print on a whole lot of stuff, including articles that are coming out. And, you know, when they send you like there are new rules to how to handle your 401k because of COVID, like the old me would have never taken the time. All that stuff made the top of my head soggy. I wouldn't read it. I would be like, oh, and I would call somebody and ask them, like, what does this mean? Well, guess what? Not only have I embraced being a good steward, I've embraced finding stuff out. Being ignorant, even in the most superficial way about how it works with your credit cards, with your money, with your 401k, with, you know, penalties. it, it wasn't serving me. And my excuse was, I'm busy. I'm, I'm packing. I'm getting on a cruise. I'm getting off a cruise. I'm catching a flight. I'm da 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 uh, Guess what? No excuse. But to my credit, to my credit, and hopefully to yours, I decided to make use of this time. And if the world is changing, great. Let me jump right in that chaos. Everybody, you know, I think it's Nietzsche's quote that a star is born out of chaos. Let me jump right in this maelstrom and see how I can turn it to my advantage. And I did in many, many ways. But it wasn't about money. When you're in alignment and 
you've heard me say this too, when you're in alignment, when you're an unkinked wire, the currency flows. And once currency energy is flowing, the money flows behind the currency. It's inevitable. And I believed it intellectually. I've now come to see it in real time. So the rules of engagement were already changing because I thought, well, if this has changed with my relationship with my own money and credit card companies and my car payment, let me see what else. Because then you have what I call deposits in the favor bank. You know, as I see favor, as I see good things happening, I'm like, how do I build on this? How do I create interest? How do I have a savings account? In the, in, the, in the bank of goodwill. Well, I've said it before on, you know, many other platforms and many other ways. But the podcast is to drill it all down for you, to give you the headlines. I changed on a systemic bone marrow because it's in your bones. When you're born, there's a way that your family behaves. And you get a lot of your behavior from your family, whether you want to admit it or not. There's a line in my one-woman show where I say, the first and only gang I ever joined was my family. And I've actually coined the phrase, like back in the day we had Brangelina, I call them the FAMGA, which equals the FAM gang, which is kind of funny. It's your family, but it's a gang. I think one of the reasons I'm drawn to shows like Mad Men and, and Sopranos for sure is because they show the inner workings of a loving, cohesive, highly dysfunctional family. And, I, and it's, there's a familiarity, there's that word, pun intended, to seeing people that on some level do love each other, but on other levels are not helping each other out. There's a lot of, there's a lot of sort of hook in the foot and tripping, you know, if it's just verbal or emotional or intentional. I, I want you to think about your relationship to your family because we're all kind of isolated right now with good excuse. There's a very small percentage of the country is getting on planes and flying to spend. I had a friend who Zoomed the Jewish holidays on Saturday night. She Zoomed with her parents. She showed them, this is my homemade challah. This is my homentash. and But she had to do it by Zoom. There was no getting to her family. It just wasn't a great idea. So again, embracing the times we're in, timing is everything, and observing and saying, if this has changed, and I'm not a compartmentalized person, if this is changing for the good, let me see what else I can change for the good. And my relationship with my FAMGA (laughs) has changed dramatically, and more importantly, with my friends, because in a lot of ways, I realized that and I'm going to go more in depth about this, but I wrote a whole chart like a bullseye. And I'm not going to bore you, but that's how information comes to me. It was basically like a dartboard. And I, I'm in the middle. And then I saw, almost like a solar system, how much of my time and energy and effort and money I have spent keeping people exactly in the rings where I want them, what I call my defense spending. Like there's some people that I didn't want to get any closer. So I felt obligated to do certain things to keep them right where they were. Like when they were in town, I would go to lunch with them, even though I really kind of didn't want to. It would be like, well, but you really don't, 
you don't want them to be any closer and they want to be closer. So you're going to acquiesce and do this lunch. That's your defense spending of time, money, and energy to keep them right where you want them. And there were some people that I was very close with and wanted to keep close that I was also misspending my resources. You see where I'm going with that? My defense spending, how I've tried very hard to keep people at, at the expense of myself because it was more an appeasement. It was more a people pleasing. It was more a, well, I'll do this to make that happen. My defense spending. It's not just about cash. It's about my time, my energy, my resources. Well, I'm going to tell you, boys and girls, as you get closer to the finish line than the starting gun, I decided I used COVID under the cover of COVID. I stopped my defense spending completely. And I took every, I Marie Kondoed my friends. I took every single relationship and I held it up to the light mentally and said, what, what interaction occurs between us that is authentically good. It's not that you have to bring something to the table, that, that it's some sort of quid pro quo, but energetically, energetically, what are our new rules of engagement? How do I want to interact with you? What's the best way? And some people were downgraded from this to this. You know, you know what? I don't need to talk to you because I have a hard time getting you to, sh to stop talking about things that don't matter to me. And I don't want to hurt your feelings. Not about people pleasing, just about rules of engagement. Texting is a much better platform for us. So I use this 21-day writing intensive to have sort of a baseline of, hey, I'm doing a deep dive. I'm finishing my manuscript. I'm taking this time. And then there's other people that were sort of not able to get closer to me because the field was crowded that I said, you know what? You make me feel good. Whenever I'm around you, we brainstorm. Both of us walk away going, that was a great idea. Or thank you so much for that. Or I appreciate the clarity on that relationship. This, this conversation really helped me. And, and that person got like, hey, you've been back here. I'm going to spend a little more on you and move you closer in an authentic, honest way. See, I had already started changing the rules of engagement before the earthquake shook me up. I was already starting a very deep rumbling, a, a tectonic shift, if you will, of how I'm going to proceed and interact with every human being, even as my fan base grows and there's thousands of people on social media, millions, I hope, energetically, I still get to decide how much energy. And they're going to get a lot because I'm saving so much over here. So rules of engagement. Think about it. It's the end of uh, section one, chapter one, first 20 minutes, whatever you want to call it, of the hour long called. Timing is everything. This is the Monique Marvez Show. This is the second part of what I'm calling, I, and, and I always, it seems like as a comedian, things have a lot of time components because I loved the podcast. I love it when a plan comes together. The first one, hindsight is so 2020. 
And even the third one, Crossing the Rubicon, is about a very specific event and the timing of things. So interestingly enough, evidently 2020 is about time for me. And, and how does that even sound? It's about time. It is about time. And a lot of great things have happened. Wonderful things. So the second part of this is that once I changed the rules of engagement, once I decided how I wanted to move forward, it, it felt peculiar. It felt very peculiar because I was in some unknown territory. When I stopped being a people pleaser, when I stopped doing, and, and, you know, to be perfectly candid, I have slowed down. This was not like a radical, like I'm quitting smoking cigarettes or I'm giving up heroin. Like I have been working on not being a people pleaser or not driven by familial inculcation for years. That's how I was able to lose pounds and sit before you on my birthday at my goal weight that I've been at pretty much for 10 years, more than that at this point, almost, yeah, because the bottom line is, and I say this all the time, but it bears repeating, you can't take the pounds off until you take the weight off. You have to figure out for yourself, just like I had to read the fine print on my credit card and my 401k and all the new stuff coming out because of COVID and all the new rules and all the changes in penalties or lack of penalties or even paying reduced rates on your rent or whatever's going on. I had to jump in the middle of that chaos as did almost every other American. The difference is I embraced it because I was already moving in a direction at the beginning of 2020. If you listen to hindsight is so 2020, you'll have, you, you'll think, well, I might've recorded it after COVID already started, but I didn't. I was already deciding because 2020 was a big 2020 that, Hey, what got me here will not get me there. What am I changing? So I changed the rules of engagement, how I engage with my money, how I engage with social media how I engage with my time, how I use my time, how I engage with other people that I care for to the degree that I care for them. And to be honest with the degree that I care for them, that was a big challenge. There were people that I had to look at myself, you know, look into my soul and say, let's be honest. If you met this person today, they wouldn't be your friend. They're grandfathered in for a multitude of reasons. None of them bad. You know, grandfathering somebody in comes from a good place. So, yeah, did I take the grandfather clause out? Absolutely not. But did I shift on how I felt about it? I'm going to tell you a little something about the truth. It's nobody's business. Your truth is between you and whatever you believe. If you believe in God or don't believe in God or the universe or a benevolent force, it's not between you and your spouse, you and your kids, you and your bestie, unless you choose it to be. I tell people all the time, I tell my friends when we're talking about a challenge, something that's really causing them woe, I'll say, tell yourself the truth about it. Tell yourself the complete truth. And then they'll start to speak and I'll say, I don't want to know. It's between you and God. You're going to filter it anyway if you're saying it to me. It's almost inevitable that you have to as a human. Human to human isn't going to be the same as if in your own 
spirit, soul, whatever you want to call it, mind, imagination, super ego, part of your brain, you tell yourself the complete truth about any given situation. Boy, it is biblical. The truth will set you free. I remember thinking about something specifically, and I told myself, what is the truth about this? And, and you know what came forth? I want to be done with this. I just don't want to deal with this anymore. And once I said that, here's hand of God, as I like to say. I had a situation with an individual on a phone call where the phone call got very testy, almost like they felt the shift. Not almost. They felt it. And they started kind of testing me and pushing my buttons. And I said, I don't want to have this conversation. It's not going well. I I don't want it to go in a bad place because I didn't. And that was truth as well. And I hung up. And then the person kept texting. And I stopped texting and stopped communicating. They brought it to a level because I'm going to tell you a little something about human beings. And this goes back to familial inculcation. And it's most people. Most people would rather quit than be fired. When you change the script on people and they can't run their games on you anymore, they will pick a fight with you, even though you're doing the right thing. Even though you're a nice person. Even though you're trying hard to salvage the relationship on some level. Do not feel bad if people leave your life. Even if you love them. There's a reason. They quit. Maybe on some level you were getting ready to fire them. Or you didn't feel good when you were around them. Or you were challenged and after you hung out with them you were in a dark place or a depressed place. Or you were like, why do I do this to myself? And then because we have these weird reverse egos that come from some sort of who knows what rules. That's why it's rules of engagement. Or our Judeo-Christian upbringing. We, we are like, why do I do this? Well, because I, I'm hoping that they'll stop feeling a behavior that irritates you. I want to be a good influence. It's the right thing. It's the Christian thing. It's the Catholic thing. It's the Jewish thing. It's the Portuguese thing. Whatever it is. It's the Greek thing. Spray Windex on it. Whatever it is. I have been enjoying reveling, swimming around, using this chaos, not only to shift my rules of engagement, but to very much shift my perspective on every single thing that's happened. I go, so I got that going for me. You know, like, yeah, great. This is great. I was talking to a girlfriend, a dear friend, someone that I very much care for, who was out here that now that I've cleared the field is much closer now. We're closer. And she was saying that very female of things. She's like, well, you know, I'm a natural born people pleaser. No, you're not. You were prior to this conversation. Now, I want you to think about how often you argue for your limitations. How often do you defend a bad behavior by saying, well, you know, my mom was like that or That's where I get it, or I come from a family of. How frequently do you defend? Because you know they're on some sort of trial. They're being judged when you do something, and your friend goes like, why did you just do that? Well, sometimes you'll be talking to somebody about a problem in your life, and in the course 
of the conversation, someone you care about and respect will go, well, maybe you shouldn't do that anymore. And rather than go, you're probably right, you go, I know, but, you know, and you're basically saying, I'm going to keep doing it. It's going to make me miserable, but I, it's what I know. It's a familiar miserable. And you know what? I don't have those conversations anymore. I don't. When people call me and we're having a conversation and they're talking about a behavior that's caused them grief, I don't even say, why don't you look at that? In my own mind, I, I just like a, a doctor, how many billable hours have I used having this same conversation with this person over the years? And is it worth my time? If they're a non-compliant patient, you know, if you had a doctor, no matter what you paid them, if you, I'm going to tell you right now, I used to be chronically late. I made a lot of money on the radio. You know, I worked hard. I got up at 3.40 in the morning. I was talking by 5 a.m. And I did that for years. But because of that, every other aspect of my life, I use that as an excuse. I get up early. I work hard. I actually had a Pilates instructor. Pilates, not even a doctor or a hypnotherapist. Not Pilates instructor say, I'm going to have to drop you as a client. And I was like, what? He's like, you're always late. I'm like, but I pay you for the full hour. He goes, yeah, but you're not going to get the results. I don't want you walking around saying you're my client when you're just basically paying to waltz in and not do what it is you're supposed to be doing. It's not a good advertisement for me. It doesn't make me feel good about what I'm doing. I remember thinking, you mean you're not just doing it for the money? You really actually care that I have results? Guess what? I showed up on time. There was something about him dropping me about saying, I don't want you to come. I don't want your money. I'll take your slot and give it to somebody that'll be waiting in the lobby until I can get to them. There was something about the way he valued his time. And I'm talking about an event that at this point happened 13 years ago, 14 years ago. That I said, I, I like this. Did I adapt it immediately into my own life? No. But did his rules of engagement affect me and change my behavior? Absolutely. And maybe today, as I sit here, that seed that was planted by that man who respected what he did and made me respect what he did. And by the way, he's very successful and has a brilliant studio in San Diego. Beautiful building, moved to a much bigger, nicer space. I mean, good stuff. The bottom line is, I'm not going to talk about what I did before this podcast. I'm not going to talk about what I did before the earthquake really shook me up because I've traveled so much. The universe has been so good to me that even though I've lived in L.A. on and off since 96, I've never been in an earthquake. I'm always not here when they happen. I always just ask my dog sitter, did anything fall down? No. Okay, good. You know, maybe a hat fell off a hat stand. Nothing. Again, knock wood. Even Saturday, Sunday, I was watching stuff move thinking, wow, that could bonk me in the head and knock me out. But even that was a good thing because it reminded me, hello, make sure your phone is fully charged and next to your bed because let's face it, our phones are our flashlights now as well. And make sure you have a pair of shoes next to your bed. I sometimes leave my shoes in the living room and walk into my bedroom with no shoes on. Well, guess what? Not anymore. Not since Sunday. So... From today forward, 
from my birthday forward, from Sunday forward, every day you wake up, you have 24 hours in your bank account of Eunice. Don't argue for how you misspent. I'm not sitting here beating myself up about how much interest I paid on credit cards over the last 15 years. It's a lot. I could have bought a pretty decent little car cash. Maybe not new, maybe certified pre-owned. A lot. It's a lot. Am I sitting here in front of you speaking this truth with recrimination? No. No, but I'm not going to do it going forward. I'm not going to do a lot of things going forward. Every day that I've been home from Australia, which was March 17th, so we're rolling up on six plus months. This Saturday night, well, whenever this actually airs, it's my birthday today, but it could be a minute. We're busy. But the bottom line is I've done six months of live streams every Saturday night, 26 weeks, half a year, more than six, half a year. I have committed to coming to you with what I'm calling talk of our time. I don't take myself seriously, so the acronym is TOOT. I made a commitment, and I show up on time, and I am as engaged in this show as I was in my KFI show, and maybe more, to be perfectly candid, because I don't answer to anyone, not the FCC, not a program director, nobody. And by the way, I'm very proud of the fact that I do talk about stuff going on, the macro, you know, whether it's BLM or what's going on in Kentucky, which is part of BLM, but it's a story that's unfolding or whatever I'm talking about relates to the here and now, but it relates in a personal way. The macro being our world, the micro being the way I view our world. Because where do we get hard news now? Can we get it from radio stations? Not if they're all automated. Not if, not if they can't give it to us. I mean, technically they're supposed to. That's what FCC license means, but shrug. But I will tell you this. When you come to me, I will have an opinion about things going on that maybe is similar to your opinion. Because your vibe creates your tribe, and that's why you guys are listening or watching or showing up. And now that I'm no longer a hostile witness, now that I've embraced social media, now that my rules of engagement with social media have changed, now that I'm not arguing for my limitations of, oh, I'm not good with technology. Oh, my head goes soft on top when I have to figure out. No, I've actually posted and it wasn't easy. I've started profiles on casting networks, on casting net, I think it's just called Casting Network, and on, uh, I think it's called Actors Access, on We Audition. I never did any of this. Guess what? I got gigs out of them. I'm doing self-taping at home. I'm doing corporate Zooms. I've, I figured out how to uninstall a program that was jacking up my computer by myself. Just by Googling stuff on my phone, I figured out how to do something that was really hard and scary. Did it take a long time? Yeah. Was I nervous? Yeah. Did the top of my head go soft for a minute? But then I did it. And then I thought, what am I afraid of? What's the worst that can happen? I screw up my computer. I got to make an appointment, stand in a line six feet apart and go in the Mac store. I can live with that. And guess what? I didn't screw it up. Because intention is everything. 
An intention means an end result without freaking out over how you're going to get there. And my intention was to fix this thing in my computer that was making it difficult to do other things. And I already decided, worst case scenario, I have to stand in line. I can live with the worst case. Work your way back. I set an intention, worked my way back. I was willing to do whatever I had to do. I didn't have to do very much of it. I had to watch a tutorial. I had to focus. And then it got fixed. And I was extremely satisfied. And I think it's because energetically, I changed my relationship with technology. And when I changed my relationship with technology, technology changed its relationship with me. When I changed my relationship that I can't get to a comedy club, but I can do a Zoom show, and guess what? Life is cumulative. So all of those years that I did radio, and I love radio, and I feel sometimes a little melancholy that radio isn't what radio was because it's a medium that I loved. But when I feel that melancholy, I feel grateful because it was like dating that guy when he was still handsome and, and healthy and vibrant. And then he broke up with you and had two heart attacks. And, you know, I mean, I got, I was, you know, was I in radio in the heyday? You know, Wolfgang Jack? No. Was I in radio in the 90s when drive-time radio hosts were making millions of dollars because the margins were huge? No. But I came in right in the early 2000s when it was still good. And I dated that beautiful guy for 15 years. And he did me no harm. And when he broke up with me, it wasn't good for him. And I continued to do well. That's the analogy. That's what I use. That's the truth. But he was so good to me. And I learned so much when we were together. That now on Zoom, I don't rely on people laughing or having a mic in front of me or stand up. I I can feel the rhythm of entertainment. I can feel if I'm generating a connection. My radio skills have helped me seamlessly become a great Zoom comedian. I shifted. I'll give you the trick. My stand-up, I don't treat it now as stand-up, set-up, punch. I shifted it into a funny, fast-paced conversation with somebody I really like and want to date, you know, want them to want to date me. I want to be engaging and delightful, and I want them to ask me out the second time, and I want to be super funny. And you know what? I started doing corporate Zooms, and now I do two or three a week. Would I have been able to do that if I didn't figure out my computer, if I didn't figure out Zoom, if I didn't buy myself a light ring on Amazon? No. I changed my rules of engagement. I stopped arguing for my limitations. I used COVID, the earthquake, whatever's going on around me. I jumped into the, I jumped into the chaos and said, I'm going to use this to my advantage decided and declared. And you know what? That's what's happening. Happy girl on her birthday. And not because anybody else made me that way. I did. That's the second part of Timing is Everything, the Monique Marvez show. This is the third, I'm going to call them chapters. I just like saying chapter. This is the third chapter of the Monique Marvez show, the fourth podcast of 2020, which I am calling Timing is Everything. 
So if you listen to the first section, which was rules of engagement, of which I have tons of new ones, exciting ones, better ones. I mean, think about it. I remember I was in an unhappy marriage (laughs) three times, but the third time, and we were sitting in the grass in Indianapolis at a Lyle Lovett concert. And I love me some Lyle Lovett. And I remember just as Lyle did Lyle's thing, turning to my husband, because I was thinking, like, it could get better. I'm not an idiot. He had a lot of good qualities when I married him. And I said, boy, and he was, you know, very faith-based person. He, uh, he was Christian, which is one of the things I was drawn to. We'll talk about that another day. That being said, there, I'm not an idiot. He had a lot of very good qualities, and in some ways he was a very nice man. And, uh, you know, things changed, shifted. It, it happens. So as we sat there, I said, you know, I see that the kids, now keep in mind, this is in the early 2000s, like millennials was barely a phrase because millennials were, you know, 15 years old or 12 years old or however they old they were then, you know, 15, 16 years ago. So I said, uh, you know, the kids do things different than we do. They're just so much more experiential. You know, how interesting would it be that if instead of, getting married, people just had contracts, just like because I had just signed a large radio contract, and the contract basically had an automatic renewal clause that if nobody had anything to say, the second year I was automatically renewed at a, at a $10,000 increase, no need to discuss it, it's like done. Two-year contract in place, if nothing is said after the end of the first year, we're good to go. I said, how great would it be if marriage was that way? that you put a five-year contract in place, and when you're getting close to, you know, the middle of year four, you're like, hey, what do you think of this? Do we, should we, we're both changing a lot. What if we uh, take it from five to two? What if we monitor this more closely in our next contract negotiation? Well, he went ballistic. He's like, what are you trying to say? You don't want to be married to me? Or you wish there was a way out? Or you didn't make that commitment? Like a commitment's a commitment. I'm like, a contract's a pretty strong commitment. And it was. When the station flipped formats, they paid me. I was still getting paid from that gig when I got a new gig. That worked out. Alimony's not like that. If you get remarried, alimony cuts off. Radio was a much better boyfriend. (laughs) So, yeah. I mean, I I thought about, you know, this new way of interacting And I always jokingly say I'm the world's oldest millennial because I like this world. I've got zero complaints. I remember having a conversation with my mother after my second divorce where she's like, you made a commitment, go to therapy. You stood in a church and told people. And I said, mother, every single thing we're discussing is history and property. And none of those mean anything to me. I've always been experiential. I've always been energetic. I've always been about currency, energy, love, motivation, intention. Because as I sit here having a wonderful life in the middle of chaos, I don't worry because worry is praying for what you don't want. I don't worry about things. I do my level best to make sure that I'm in alignment with what's supposed to happen. If I want to lose pounds, I watch what I eat. Then I took it a 
you know, a step deeper and realize, well, it's not just calories in, calories out. 1,200 calories of Twinkies isn't going to make your body feel the same as 1,200 calories of healthy food. You know, the people can tell you it's calories in, it's calories out. I promise you those people probably like junk food. I like junk food. I love junk food. But, you know, there comes a time when if you want to have grown-up results, you have to have grown-up relationships, new rules of engagement. Right now in my refrigerator, as we speak, I have a slice of key lime pie from the fish market in San Diego. Great restaurant. One of my favorite desserts. Did I eat it in the middle of the night last night and say, screw it, tomorrow's my birthday? No, I didn't. It's in my fridge. I may only eat half of it. I may not even eat it today. I have a different relationship with sugar. I have a different relationship with chips. Do I love them? Yeah. But if I want to have a grown-up life with amazing results, I have to have new rules of engagement. I can't just be an adult. Have you ever seen when you're in a museum, especially natural history, my tippy-tippy faves, It'll, I remember going to the Museum of Natural History in New York City as a very, very little girl and seeing the bones of a dinosaur for the first time. I was like, oh my gosh. Or a mast- I think there was a mastodon in the lobby. I-, I remember the first time I saw a gyroscope and how a gyroscope works. I love, anyway, I digress. But that being said, you know, in the museums of natural history, they have a bug. And You'll see the little bug, like a larva, and then they'll say, like, adult beetle, you know, adult scarab. Very cool. They don't say grown up. They don't know if it was mature. They don't know if it made the right decisions. They don't know if it, if it maxed out its 401. These are grown up behaviors, not adult. Adult just means you grew, that your body got to the full size of the species. You know, I've been an adult for a lot of years. I haven't been a grown-up for as many. And it doesn't mean the end of fun. To the contrary, I'm having mo-better fun because I'm having the kind of fun that you can enjoy way down deep. And when you stop having it, there's no residual. There's There's no guilt. There's no aftershocks. Earthquakes have aftershocks. When I was young, I had earthquake good times. And then I had the aftershocks. Oh my God, I'm dating you? How did that happen? (laughs) We were only supposed to have fun for like four days. You're still here? I wish these were jokes as I'm very fond of saying in my act. I want you to think about not just your rules of engagement, not just not arguing for your limitations, but today going forward, right now today, It's your turn. What if it was your turn? What if this is the exact moment where every single thing you think you did wrong was right because of the world we live in? I jokingly remember a quote uh, from Mr. Spock in the insane world, the sane man appears insane. You know, think about that. It's uh, and it was actually quoted in a really funny send up of the early 80s called Serial with Martin Mull. The upshot is, is that I've said this many times in my corporate Zooms that I'm getting paid a very decent wage for a very short amount of time and I'm not even wearing shoes. 
that everything I thought I'd done wrong, you know, I quote unquote failed at radio. There just wasn't a place for me. I never got back on drive time. I never had another billboard. I never had another six figure contract, seven figure like I had in San Diego. I dated him. He loved me. It wound down. He broke up with me. Guess what? Those skill sets are serving me way better self-taping for performances and for shows and potential, you know, major television shows on cable, on Netflix. I, I wouldn't have known how to be alone in a studio and be engaging by myself. And the Zoom shows, you know, I jokingly say, Thank goodness I'm not still married. How long can you dodge somebody and tell them you have a headache when you're on lockdown in a house with aspirin? You know, thank goodness. I can't even imagine what's going to happen. I don't even know how many people are going to get divorced after this. I'm grateful that I'm not married. I'm grateful that I have three beautiful nieces and I have time to spend with them, including a baby. I have a little baby in my life because that's the way the world works. My 50-year-old brother has a baby. I don't, but he does, and he shares it with me. But guess what? I don't have to put on a hazmat suit and go out and buy food for them. I go buy dog food for my dog, much easier. I don't have a, a daughter in her first semester of college who was so excited about the college experience and is now so majorly bummed because her graduation was, you know, online, virtual. And now she's doing her first semester of college online. Now, these are small. You're probably thinking, well, Monique, that's short-sighted and small thinking. Like, I've had 15 wonderful years with my child, and COVID's only been six months. I get that. It's a gross exaggeration of my position. I understand that. However, I have a lot of creative autonomy. And at the end of the day, I'm an artist. I am a writer-performer. And if I were using up all of this time to learn technology, to get on social media, to build a YouTube channel, to have a presence with casting agents while I was trying to be a good mother or a decent wife or even a good wife, I don't know that it could happen. Timing is everything. I feel like a lot of my air quotes comedy, the fact that I'm not political, I'm a patriot. I love this country, and I'm very vocal about that, but I'm not political. I have friends that go bananas because they're like, you can't be, you know, uh, ambivalent about this. You have to have strong feelings. I'm like, I don't. You can't tell me how to feel. I'm genuinely ambivalent. Man, that makes them bananas. You know, do I have strong feelings about when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died? Was I sad? Yes. Of course, tremendous blow, amazing human being. But did I say like gone too soon? No, she was 87 and she'd had three different bouts of cancer. Uh, This was not a surprise. Was it sad? Yes. Was it a tragedy? Yes. Was it a surprise? Was it a blow? No. Sorry. Sadness, yes. Shock and surprise, no. Upcoming election, I got to be honest with you. I think both candidates, as it gets down to the wire, are going to have to talk about nothing but how to reopen the country, safely or unsafely, quickly. 
I think we're getting to the point where a lot of people are sitting around in their house going, yeah, 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 I feel terrible about pedophilia, human trafficking, Black Lives Matters. Yes, yes, this is all horrible. Breonna Taylor, I'll say her name all day long. Just let me know when I can get a pedicure indoors. That's what I need to know. <laughs> it's a shame. Or maybe it isn't. But, but it is always the macro and the micro. Your experience. At some point, you and I mean you, not the rhetorical, you are going to have a bad day. There's going to be a day where something happens, the loss of a parent. It's going to happen. It's the way it's designed. You're going to have the dark night of your soul. Right now, a lot of people are having it en masse. So in a weird way, there's kind of comfort in having everybody be able to relate to I'm out of a job. I don't know when country, you know, when comedy clubs are going to reopen or, you know, this, I'm, I happen to be Latina. I happen to have had family members of mine that were persecuted that once they got on the wrong side of the law for a pot charge in the seventies, had a very horrible time getting back on the right side and never completely got all four wheels on the asphalt. And they now even say like every single thing that was a tragedy and a harm is now legal and would not have been. But you know what? There was slavery less than 200 years ago. We are evolving as a species. We are changing. We are growing. Timing is everything. I like to believe in my soul that my particular brand of comedy and content is very good for the times. And my, the requests for my work are a reflection of that. Would would I have loved a family? Why would I lie to you? You've given me your time. You've paid me attention. You've given me energy, currency. You've given me something. I owe you honesty. I would have loved a family. I would have loved a loving husband. I, this was not plan A or even B. However, it was what it was. I've ridden the horse in the direction that it's going and continue to. And I'm joyful about it. I don't have regrets about it. I don't argue for my limitations. I don't look back and say, I wish or it should have. No, right here, right now, because of my intention, because I intended to use this chaos to my advantage, I didn't even know what that was going to look like. I had no idea that I would go from no YouTube channel to 4,200 subscribers that are willing to sit and watch a long-form video on Saturday nights and blow through. I think I blew through the necessary 4,000 hours of watch time to get my AdSense in like a month. Thank you. Thank you for the 330s. Thank you for enjoying my now video podcast versus just audio. Thank you that I still have subscribers on ConnectPal. Thank you, thank you, thank you, more thank yous that as I continue to be in alignment with reality, as I continue to tell myself the truth and dig deeper and change and grow and and look at my rules of engagement and stop arguing for my limitations and stop shrugging and go, well, that's just the way it's always been. Or, boy, I sure wish that fill in the blank, I still had a TV contract to write scripts. Yeah, that was good money. That was a good time. I did that for a while. You know, did I succeed? Did I get a pilot on the air? No. 
Did I learn a lot? Is there still time ahead? Absolutely. Absolutely. Life is cumulative. Every single skill set that I acquired in every genre from marriage to radio, I'm using now. I'm using during this COVID period to create content that I believe is in alignment with the times that will be of value. You know, price is what you pay. Value is what you get. I didn't say that. Warren Buffett did. But it's good, right? I'm very excited. I've said it many, many times. I think I even said it on my HBO special. It's on, just in case you're curious, uh, HBO. It's not just HBO Max. It's just type it in. Ha, capital H-A, festival. Ha, festival of comedy arts. Ha. I'm 40 minutes in, but you should watch the whole thing. It's hilarious. But I'm telling you, as I've told people at Hermosa Beach, as I've said, I believe on HBO, memorize this face. This is the face of joy. This is the face of somebody who's moving through life like a Japanese magnet train, bullet train that rides on magnets, no friction. I'm not hung up on anything. I'm connected to all of you and grateful. I'm attached to nothing. It's very different. I don't have expectations of outcome. I don't sit here saying I wish or I hope. I have complete faith that if I continue to use things to my advantage in the best way for myself and everyone around me, that timing is everything and that today is the beginning of better times than yesterday. It is. I've seen it. I feel it. I've been feeling it for months. And, and as, and as, the sediment gets shaken loose and I can scoop it out and get rid of it. I feel very light. I feel very excited. I feel like I'm picking up momentum. I'm enjoying the process of observing my rules of engagement and falling in love with people that I had fallen out of love with because I didn't focus or have the time or the inclination. And as other people that I've fallen out of love with and said, you know what? I'm going to put you on an energetic timeout and spend a little time loving this here that feels good and is wonderful. It's fun. It's not a job. It's a labor of love. As I stalk myself and don't argue for my limitations and, and catch myself before I say, well, that's the way, blah, blah. No. Nothing has always been anything before right now. These are bizarro times. Nothing is like this. Nothing is like COVID. Nothing is, in my lifetime, there's never been a global shutdown where we have electrifyingly fast social media. Never happened before right now. And what if you could convince yourself that timing is everything and that maybe this is your time, it's your turn to do the things that make you happy and optimize your experience here and now on this earth with me. What about that? Okay. I hope you liked Timing is Everything. The Monique Marvez Show. Signing off as I always do. Love hard, forgive harder, and get as happy as you can as fast as you can.